2020 turned out to have one more big surprise up its sleeve yesterday. Joe Biden left his basement. After being ridiculed about hiding away by President Donald Trump, Biden emerged to announce that he had all the while been working 12-hour days, and each one of the 12 had been a back-breaking hour indeed. The former vice president said he was pleased to be greeted by so many imaginary supporters and intended to shake each and every one of them by the hand before imagining some more. Then, in a speech made to the cheering crowd in his head, he reassured the pretend people that the frightening yellow ball of fire that had been hovering over his house all afternoon was likely to sink into the Pacific and extinguish itself right around nightfall. Biden said that the only re- the only reason he had not come out of the basement sooner was because he was preparing for the second debate. He said he hoped he had won the debate and only wished he could have been there when he did, but he had to stay home and prepare. Biden said he was further delighted to find that George, his imaginary opponent in the presidential race, already seemed to have resigned his office, although George had been replaced by Donald Trump, who also seemed quite formidable. Biden said he was considering reimagining Trump as smaller and less intimidating. Now that he was out of the basement, Biden said he was looking forward to voting in the next election just as soon as he found out who was running and which candidate he wanted to support. When told that, in fact, he was running against Donald Trump, Biden said that was disappointing because he hadn't wanted to vote for Trump, but now felt he had no choice. Before returning to his basement, Biden announced that after consulting with a team of scientists and other experts, he could now confirm he had seen his shadow and there would be six more weeks of winter. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky dunky doo Ship shaped, tipsy topsy, the world is a bitty zing. It's a wonderful day, hurrah, hooray! It makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray! Oh, hooray, hurrah! All right, the vast right wing conspiracy known as Clavenon continues. Go on! YouTube, the Andrew Clavin YouTube channel. You got to subscribe to my specific YouTube channel. Ring that little bell that's there and you will be notified of new content. I will come to your house. I'll actually come down the chimney uh, and leave the new content under your tree uh, every you know couple of days or so. Also leave a comment. And if the comment is sufficiently ignorant and hateful, we will include it in the show as fitting right in. Today, we've got a comment from Lar57, who's commenting on this Chelsea Handler story. In case you hadn't heard this story, 50 Cent, uh, one of Chelsea Handler's countless uh, former lovers, um, 50 Cent said he might endorse uh, Donald Trump because Biden was going to raise taxes so much he would be have to become 20 cent. And Chelsea Handler said that if he would change his vote, uh, she would she indicated that she would sleep with him again. And then he did change uh, his vote. He said something obscene about Trump. And Laura 57 says, so I guess Chelsea Handler thinks her body is worth 30 cents. <laughs> Apparently 50 cents <laughs> must have agreed, uh, which that sounds about the market value. Yeah. I, before I continue, I just want to let you know that tomorrow is the mailbag day. Too often I forget to promo the mailbag day. If you want your problem solved, if you want your life to become happy, if you want to go from the miserable human being you obviously are right now or you wouldn't be listening to this show, you can be in the mailbag. All you got to do is subscribe at dailywire.com. Then come to dailywire.com, hit the podcast page, hit the Andrew Clavin podcast, hit the little um, symbol of a mailbag. You can ask me anything you want. You can ask me about your personal life. You can ask me about politics. You can ask me about religion, anything 
and all my answers are guaranteed 100% correct and will change your life. And some of you may wonder, will they change my life for the better? <laughs> Just stop asking questions. So our leftist tears tumblers are overflowing today uh, as we celebrate the first smoking hot Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett. And it came on Hillary Clinton's birthday, too. But enough about that. Let's talk about me. A year or so ago, I was <laughs> contacted by a group in England uh, that was starting a new conservative magazine over there. And they asked me to contribute a, a story, a fictional story for the first issue, issue, which was the Christmas story. So I wrote, if I may say so, one of the best stories I ever wrote. And it's a story that may now never be published. The story was called Jesus the Movie. It was about a bunch of dysfunctional Hollywood reprobates who get roped into filming a bar bargain basement biopic of Christ. They're terrible people. And the adulterous screenwriter is trying to make it with the promiscuous actress who's playing the Virgin Mary. Uh, the actor who plays Jesus is a drunk who gets in brawls with St. Peter. And the director is a pretentious Frenchman who's trying to deconstruct the whole story. And the trick to the piece is is that being in the presence of the life of Christ actually works a subtle miracle in the life of the screenwriter who returns home a new man without even knowing he's been transformed. Now, the reason the story may never be published is because the new magazine I wrote it for lost its funding before it was published and crashed and burned, and they've never been able to get their funding back. Without them, I have no idea where else to publish this story. The piece is way too irreverent and ribald uh, for any Christian magazine, and it's way too Christian for any anti-Christian magazine, which is all the rest of them. This is because people don't actually like to think about the way life and history truly work. God unfolds his will in the flowering of good ideas while human beings provide the hatred, bloodshed, and sin. And this is true in our individual lives, and it's also true in history. The, the, uh, the individual sin and hatred and bloodshed that we provide makes life horrifying and entertaining. God's good ideas win over time, despite the corruption in which we bring them into reality. Yesterday, one of the most brilliant jurists in America, a black man named Clarence Thomas, swore in a likewise brilliant jur jurist, a cute dame named Amy Coney Barrett. She swore to protect a constitution created by white men in the 18th century, and some of those white men held people of Thomas's color in bondage, and none of them thought people of Barrett's sex should have the right to vote. And yet, because of the great ideas in that constitution, ideas that were deduced by people over centuries of living a Christian life, these two people who once would have been thrown away are now cornerstones of our government. And all of this was accomplished because some fractious, crazy reality TV guy who probably has never read the Constitution got elected president. If that's not the will of God unfolding in history in spite of us, through God's great ideas, I don't know what is. And if you don't love a country that still knows how to stand back and let God do his thing while we're doing our best to screw everything up, you're just not paying attention. This is a great, great country, and this is proof of it. God has already blessed America for hundreds of years. I hope he's not finished with this yet. You know, as I'm lying awake, as I do every single night, endlessly, I like to be able to check on my house. And one of the things I like about having a ring doorbell is you can see any place that thing is put. You can look at that on your phone. You can see it on the app. You can talk to anybody who's out there. You can see if your packages are out there. You can see if anybody's prowling around. This thing just makes you feel safer. And in fact, it makes your home safer. 
Whatever you call home, Ring has everything you need to protect it. You can see and speak to whoever is at your door from anywhere with video doorbells. You can keep an eye on every corner of your house with easy-to-install indoor and outdoor cams. And you can protect your whole home with Ring Alarm, a powerful, affordable, whole-home security system you can easily install yourself. Get a special offer on the Ring Welcome Kit at ring.com slash Claven. It comes with Ring's Video Doorbell 3 and Chime Pro, the perfect way to start your ring experience plus free two-day shipping go to ring.com slash clavin that's ring.com slash clavin anyone comes to your door wherever you are you can say how do you spell clavin and if he knows the answer call the police it's been a long time since we've had a chance with all the flu going on and the death i haven't wanted to play the trump happiness montage and i'll be honest with you i don't know whether we'll ever get to play it again but this is the day we were given let us rejoice in it and be glad, here is the Trump happiness montage, cut one. We're gonna win so much, we're gonna win at every level. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're gonna win economically, we're gonna win with the economy, we're gonna win with military, we're gonna win with healthcare and for our veterans, we're gonna win with every single facet. My oh my. What a wonderful day. We're going to win so much, you may even get tired of winning. Yay! You'll say, please, please, it's too much winning. We can't take it anymore. I feel pretty, oh so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and gay. We have to keep winning. We have to win more. We're going to win more. I have missed that. I hope we get four more years to play it every single day. It was a great day yesterday. So it wouldn't be, you know, we could talk about all the ramifications of Amy Coney Barrett and the new, what is now a conservative uh, majority on the court. But it wouldn't really be as beautiful a moment if it weren't for the leftist tears. So <laughs> and you may have noticed if you're a subscriber and you have a leftist tears Tumblr, you may have noticed it magically fills up with leftist tears on days like yesterday. Uh, this is, You can't get this anywhere else. This is why our subscription is such a bargain. It is a complete bargain because we have magic in our leftist tears Tumblr. I mean, the blaze does not give you, you know, you get Crowder's mug and makes a good ashtray, but it does not automatically fill up on a day like this. Let us just begin by taking a look at this truly beautiful, and I, I know the left would call it a historic moment. You'd think that they would love this, a black guy swearing in a, a woman while, a, you know, a marginalized orange guy stands by, but no, somehow they didn't like it. We're going to just, we're just going to enjoy, I mean, it's not really right to enjoy drinking leftist tears, but they just taste so good. So let's just start by taking a look at this incredible swearing-in ceremony. It's cut 14. I, Amy Coney Barrett, do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. That I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. So help me God. So help me God. <laughs> so yeah, that's what really is a beautiful thing. So we want to start get, gathering our leftist tears. We want, you know, the cup doesn't, the tumbler doesn't just fill automatically. It fills magically, but you have to go and in search of leftist tears yourself. It's kind of like that Pokemon game on your phone. 
I, no better place to start with than, than with the New York Times, a former newspaper, uh, in swearing in Barrett, Trump def- defiantly mimics super spreader Rose Garden ceremony, says Peter Baker. This is the chief White House correspondent of the New York Times. This is all he can think about is that they're not wearing a mask when they do that. He says, President Trump, who loves to boast of doing anything his predecessors have never done, pulled off such a historic first on Monday. He won confirmation of a Supreme Court justice only eight days before a presidential election, rushing his choice through the Senate before voters decide whether to give him four more years or kick him out of office. Mr. Trump then did something else no other president has done. He hosted a nighttime ceremony on the White House lawn to swear in Justice Amy Coney Barrett in a virtual do-over of the super spreader event blamed for infecting multiple people with the coronavirus a month ago to the day, including the president himself, who was forced to spend three nights in the hospital. (laughs) To Mr. Trump, the first history maker outweighed the second. How he knows this, I don't know. A chance to celebrate a landmark political victory regardless of the risk. I don't even know what this guy's talking about. It's, it, it's, we shouldn't be talking about Amy Coney Barrett when we can talk about disease. Here's the better version from MSNBC's Chris Hayes, cut four. There's one thing that was missing in his speech. It's something that's been missing from a lot of conservatives I see writing about the election. Something else that Mitch McConnell and the Institutional Republican Party and all the staffers and the lawyers and the factotums and the functionaries and the people sitting in the White House watching this right now, perhaps the people in Capitol Hill who have TV on right now and the right wing press who've been supporting and spinning for this president and the people who work for Donald Trump himself and all of his apologists who like to post as independent thinkers, too clever by half, removed from it all, something that every last one of them have done to Together, other than Supreme Court justices, which cannot be reversed. And that is they have participated in a project that has led to the deaths of probably 100,000 Americans who didn't have to die. Congratulations. You got that done, too. That also can't be reversed. They can't come back. We can't undo that. That's the other accomplishment here. Judge Barrett. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies? See them driven before you, and they hear a lamentation of the women. <laughs> the lamentation of the women, like Chris Hayes on MSNBC. This is fun. I'm just going to do this for the whole show. This is too much fun. I'm just and, and listen, I, I want to make it absolutely clear. I'm not making fun of people, obviously, who've gotten ill or who've died or have lost people to this virus. What I'm making fun of is the superstition, the superstition that Donald Trump somehow had some superpower to make a disease go away, which he didn't have. It's spreading. It's coming back in Europe, all over Europe. It's uh, it's the flu season. I mean, this is it. It's getting cold and people are getting more, being more indoors. And so it's going to come back. This is not something that Donald Trump has any power over. And this number that they keep saying where they say, oh, the the numbers in America are worse than others. Those are meaningless statistics. They are meaningless statistics. We do not know how many people have it. It, Our testing is better than other people, so we record more numbers. We we have more people than other people. We don't know how many people are actually dying of the disease and everything. So I'm not making fun of that. I'm making fun of the fact that this idea that Donald Trump is somehow the disease himself, I mean, you know, this is kind of off on a tangent, but I just have to play it just because more leftist tears. The more leftist tears, the merrier we are. Here is Chris Cuomo in an argument about this with uh, 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 
Trump spokesman Tim Murtaugh uh, and Cuomo saying that Trump doesn't take this seriously. This is this is Cuomo who held up a gigantic Q-tip to show how big a nose his brother Andrew Cuomo, who killed all those old people by putting them in the uh, into the rest homes. He put the sick people into the rest homes. So Tim Murtaugh holds up a picture of that as they're arguing. This is a, it's just I just want to play this for the leftist tears fun of it. It's uh, cut twenty five. Chris, I find it curious, speaking of your brother, Mm, you're going to ask me these self-righteous questions and talk about people taking it seriously. Does this look like a couple of guys who were taking it seriously? You had your brother on for the Cuomo Brothers Comedy Hour, joking about the size of the Q-tip that you would need for his nose to get a test. It was funny as hell. Does this sound like somebody who was taking it very seriously? Tim, let me tell you. The president has done this every step of the way. Tim, I got you. Every step of the way, and he's done everything that states had asked. All right, so let's deal with that. That's not true. And you know it, but you decide it to say what you want to say. True. Tim, he sent a hospital ship Tim, to New York that, Tim, that they really didn't adequately They didn't use. need it. And the thank God they provided, didn't need it. Tim, listen, you are go. not going to flood the zone provided on this even show. Though it was Tim, extra assistance I'm telling you, I'll cut you off. You're not going to flood the zone on this show. Now, you took your swing. It missed. So now let's discuss. That's the best you got <laughs> is that my brother didn't take COVID seriously. Are you kidding yourself? I just want to say that in the spirit of Chris Cuomo, we're going to be making fun of Chris Cuomo and all the leftists who think that this is somehow about this disease. Let's, I just one more quick one just for my own personal entertainment. Joe Scarborough uh, talking about, talk, as, as he's as he's watching uh, the, the ceremony. This is cut 10. Nobody's ever done Some... so much to kill so many people. That's that is That's correct. True. Nobody. That... Literally nobody. Nobody is in, in the White House. It just hasn't. You, you got to hand that to him. Yes, that, you do. That he has made history. That if it wasn't so sad, yeah. I'd, I'd laugh harder. Could this year get any worse? Ruth, you just had to make it to 2021. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I, I'm not enjoying. Oh, I am. I, I just so am. I am so enjoying. I, I can't help myself. See, some people it's alcohol. Some people it's cigarettes. With me, it's leftist tears. We have literally Donald Trump has literally killed more literal people than literally Hitler on the Joe Scarborough show. But let's let's not let's be clear. They are planning revenge. I mean, this is the, the rage that this spreads through them. They mean to take revenge if they win the White House. Uh, here is Nancy Pelosi, cut uh, 20. It was a hundred. Oh, well, in 1879, in 1876, there were nine justices on the court. Our population has grown enormously since then. Should we expand the court? Well, let's take a look and see. Right. But not. And that relates to the nine uh, district courts. Maybe we need more district courts as well. And here's Nancy Pelosi being shown a crucifix by Anthony Hopkins. All right. <laughs> I, may be, I may be slightly out of control here. I'm not sure. You know, it's been a long time since I had to write a resume, but I can remember, just to show you what a trauma it is, I can remember the absolute anxiety of trying to figure out how to put my career and my experience and my lack of experience down on paper to make it impressive enough so that people would call me in for an interview. Well, top resume will solve that problem for you. Top Resume is the world's premier resume writing service, writing and analyzing more than 4 million resumes and LinkedIn profiles 
every year. I've gone on their website. I've checked it out. They know what they're doing. Getting an expert opinion on your resume might be the difference between getting the job and getting rejected. Go to topresume.com slash Clavin to get a free resume review. That's topresume.com slash Clavin, and they will review your resume, upload your resume today, and let their team of experts give you free advice on how to make it stronger. A special offer for The Andrew Clavin Show. Top Resume is offering 15% off professional resume writing services. That's topresume.com slash Clavin for a free review and 15% off resume writing services. Topresume.com slash Clavin. You cannot get a job in this market unless you know how to spell Clavin. It's K-L-A-V-A-N. There are no easy Like I said. Uh, they're serious about this, the packing the court. They're serious about the left-wing agenda. They're absolutely, they absolutely mean it. Do not, I mean, I don't think anybody who's listening to this show is fooled, but Ilhan Omar, this is interesting. She was doing an Axios, this is an HBO show, Axios on HBO, and uh, she was asked to respond to the Republican accusation that Joe Biden is a Trojan horse for leftism. Here's her response. This is cut eight. One attack line that Republicans, including the president and the vice president, have consistently used is that Biden is, and this is a quote, a Trojan horse of the radical left, and that progressive leaders will actually be calling the shots. What do you think when you hear them say that? I know that um, for them we've become sort of the, 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 the boogeyman of, um, of, of the election. But it's it's because of two things. One, it's because we are not backing down in holding this administration and the Republicans accountable and calling their hypocrisy out. Um, but we also resonate with um, the, the, the challenges that everyday Americans um, are having. So that's a yes. He is a Trojan horse for the left. Here's the thing that kind of gets me about this. The same people, I mean, literally the same people who want to bring in leftism, who want to bring in essentially communism, who don't like Christianity, who don't like, uh, you know, the traditions and the norms of the country. The same people are worried that Amy Coney Barrett is going to endanger those traditions and norms. Here is also Ilhan Omar reacting to the swearing in of Amy Coney Barrett, the first smoking hot Supreme Court justice, cut 22. It's leaving so many Americans really worried uh, about what this would mean for them, what it would mean for women in regards to reproductive rights, what it would mean for immigrants like myself um, when it comes to our religious liberty, what it would mean for our brothers and sisters in the queer community or the trans folks in our community um, when when it comes to their rights to equality. Uh, We also know that there are so many people who are worried because they have pre-existing conditions. Um, And I mean, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. And here's Ilhan Omar being shown a crucifix by Anthony Hopkins. Uh, I'm sorry. That's that was just just all. I really should not do that, but I can't help it. I just can't help it. This whole thing about packing the court is interesting because it. My question is, if if Nancy Pelosi is right and our uh, population has grown so much that some, for some reason the Supreme Court now has to have more people on it because because we have nowhere else to house them, so we have to house the people in the Supreme Court. If, if that's true, does it hold good if Trump wins? If Trump wins this election, as there's 
very definitely a chance. I mean, the, the tide is turning even in the polls, and I think those polls may not be as accurate uh, as they should be. So it's it's certainly, and the difference between his rallies and Biden's basement, you know, utterances is quite uh, amazing. So if Trump wins, does, this, does the logic of this still hold? Do we still need to pack the courts? Do we still need to two, three, four extra people? And if if we do get two, three, four extra and, and Trump fills those uh, spaces with conservative justices, is that okay too? I mean, I, it, it's it, does it work both ways? You know, the, the Lincoln Project, I mean, this is really interesting. The Lincoln Project is, you know, the Bill Crystal, why aren't I still important uh, project? Why didn't you like my Endless Wars project? Uh, where's my, what happened to my magazine, the Weekly Standard Project? They put out this ad today. Just just amazing. A tearful mom awakes her son in the middle of the night on Election Day. Here it is. Cut 26. Ask me to wake you and tell you what happened in the election. Who won? Trump. Trump won. But I thought you could only be president two times. Not anymore. <laughs> it's, it's an amazing new filming technique where they can actually film inside their own heads. And what I don't understand about this is I thought we liked we liked packing the court. Packing the court is good. That was FDR, right? We like the New Deal because we have the Green New Deal. And FDR ran four times. So what's the problem? You know, is it only the left who gets to do this? Is there some kind of precedent that where, because FDR does it, only the Democrats get to do this stuff? It is being inside their heads is quite amazing because you have to just live in this complete illogical world where nothing fits with anything else. Oh, we we like black people, but if you disagree with us. You ain't black. We want women to be on the Supreme Court. Not that woman. Not that woman because she's that's that's she's just a, a handmaid from the Handmaid's Tale on the Supreme Court. <laughs> it's like then there's then there's also just the pure gracelessness of it. Here is Kamala Harris being asked whether this brilliant jurist is qualified to be on the Supreme Court. This brilliant who Kamala Harris, who does nothing but point to her gender and her color, who does nothing but identity politics. And now she's asked if this brilliant woman is qualified to be on the Supreme Court. This is cut nine. Do you believe she's qualified for the Supreme Court? And what will your vote be? I believe that this whole process has been absolutely illegitimate. Uh, the American people are voting by the tens of millions and the election is going to be over in nine days. And let the American people, and the majority of Americans agree with this, by the way, let the American people decide who's going to be their next president, and then let that president decide who fills a lifetime term on the highest court in our land. But do you feel that she's qualified? I will qualified? be voting against her. Do you feel she's qualified, though? I believe this is an absolutely illegitimate process. And here's Kamala Harris being shown a crucifix by Anthony Hopkins. I, I'm sorry. Am I having? Too, I may be having too much. 
too much fun, but uh, you know, we may never get to do this again. So yeah, and the thing is, you're just jealous because you didn't subscribe and you don't have the magical Leftist Tears Tumblr. Here's another one I love. This is there's a couple of clips today that are just so wonderful. Here's a Chuck Schumer warning people that this is the worst day in American history of Amy Coney Barrett. This is before the vote, uh, making a speech on the Senate floor is cut 18. Generations yet unborn will suffer the consequences of this nomination. As the globe gets warmer, as workers continue to fall behind, as unlimited dark money floods our politics, as reactionary state legislatures curtail a woman's right to choose, gerrymander districts and limit the rights of minorities to vote, my deepest, greatest, and most abiding sadness tonight is for the American people and what this nomination will mean for their lives, their freedoms, their fundamental rights. Monday, October 26th, 2020, it will go down as one of the darkest days in the 231-year history of the United States Senate. And here's Chuck Schumer being shown a crucifix by Anthony Hopkins. favorite part of this was the generations yet unborn will suffer from Amy Coney Barrett because they'll be born. I mean, that's why. Right? <laughs> as long as Roe v. Wade is in place, we don't have to worry about the generations yet unborn because they won't get born, so they won't suffer. Unbelievable stuff. And maybe the best take of all, maybe the best take of all comes from Ed Markey of, from Massachusetts. This is really amazing because obviously Amy Coney Barrett is a an originalist who reads the Constitution as if it were the law and as, as if it means what it says. And this is what Ed Markey says about that. Originalism is racist. Originalism is sexist. Originalism is homophobic. For originalists like Judge Barrett, LGBT stands for let's go back in time, a time when you couldn't marry who you love when you couldn't serve in the military if you were trans, a time when rights were not extended to gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, or intersex individuals. Originalism, originalism is just a fancy word for discrimination. <laughs> Could this year get any worse? You just had to make it to 2021! I like to hear the lamentations of their women. Uh, you know, the funny thing about this is this is not this is not an offbeat thing that he's saying that, in other words, to obey the Constitution is to live in the 18th century, which is, of course, what we started out talking about, that that's not true, that ideas work themselves out over time. And even as an originalist, you understand that you are applying the original law to new systems and new ideas. But this is not this is not an offbeat thing on the left. This is a growing idea that the problem is the Constitution. The Atlantic Magazine, what used to be the Atlantic Magazine and now is just the magazine that is called the Atlantic Magazine, did a thing called the Constitution is in crisis. The system is rigged and it's the Constitution that's doing the rigging. This is an idea that's actually spreading through the left, that the, the whole problem that we're facing is that we have this Constitution. And that's what makes it so comical, so comical that, there, that Donald Trump is, as the New York Times put it, the greatest threat to American democracy uh, since World War II, because the, for them, the greatest threat to American democracy 
is American democracy. All right. If you are running a business, you already know that HR issues can kill you. If you have an employee like me who is abusing people and treating them like garbage, you have got to be protected. You can get wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations. You see how I treat the staff here. I mean, you've got to be sure you're watching over that. And HR manager salaries aren't cheap, an average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Go to Bambi.com slash Clavin right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash Clavin, spelled BAM to the B-E-E dot com slash Clavin, which is uh, KLA to the VAN. <laughs> there are no he's in Clavin. I just make it look this easy. The presidential election is almost here. You probably didn't know that. You probably had forgotten. It probably slipped your mind that there was an election coming up. But we at The Daily Wire have for you an amazing day of programming. Our live stream starts on Tuesday, November 3rd at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. Featuring special guests, live interviews, and more leading up to a very special episode of Backstage where we will be covering the results with you in real time. And even better, if you join Daily Wire now and get 25% off and use the code ELECTION, you can get 25% off. Use the code ELECTION, you get 25% off, and you can watch all of our election coverage live on our Apple TV or Roku app. So watch the election with us at dailywire.com. Get 25% off your Daily Wire membership with code ELECTION when you sign up today. You want this leftist tears tumbler. The magic never ends. And you want to be in the mailbag. Don't forget the mailbag tomorrow. Hit the uh, podcast button. You got to be a subscriber. Hit the podcast button. Hit the Andrew Claven podcast. Hit the mailbag. Send in your questions. You will. That's what you will scream like. You will be so happy. And also, uh, if you want to send a video question, please do. Just keep it under a minute because we don't have time to edit them. And we can't go much longer than that. Go to dailywire.com and subscribe for all the good stuff. So th- this is what gets me about it, that the left basically is saying that the threat to America is the Constitution. They, they say this when, you know, this illegitimate process by which a, a president nominated a woman to the Supreme Court and the Senate in advice and consent voted her in. That's an illegitimate process. The process, the, the court has been packed by Republicans because they keep winning elections and appointing justices. I mean, this is this is the logic. And meanwhile, here is the evil, no good, terrible, very bad Donald Trump at this ceremony, this evil, no good, very bad, terrible ceremony, super spreader ceremony. Here he is talking about what this means to, to the country. This is cut 12. This is a momentous day for America, for the United States Constitution, and for the fair and impartial rule of law. The Constitution is the ultimate defense of American liberty. The faithful application of the law is the cornerstone of our republic. That is why, as President, I have no more solemn obligation and no greater honor than to appoint Supreme Court justices. So that's, I mean, that doesn't really sound the same as Ilhan Omar, who's talking about 
oh, the right, and, and Ed Markey is talking about the rights of trans to marry, you know, animals or whatever it is they're doing these days. I have no idea. But I mean, listen, I, I'm not against people having, you know, since since marriage is no longer a religious institution, since no it's no longer protected in uh, any special way, the relationship between men and women that creates our, our future, creates our population, which is the center of human life as far as I'm concerned. Uh, that, that it no longer has a protected status. It doesn't really matter to me. And once you've destroyed that uh, relationship with no-fault divorce, who else gets to enjoy a relationship? But that doesn't matter to me. But it has nothing to do with liberty. It has nothing to do with your rights to be left alone, your rights to say what you want to say, your rights to worship as you want to worship, all the things that make conscience, that give conscience equal power with the government, if not greater power than the government. So here is the terror, the terror of the left, Amy Coney Barrett, uh, smoking, now smoking hot uh, Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett, uh, at her speech after her swearing in is cut 15. It is the job of a judge to resist her policy preferences. It would be a dereliction of duty for her to give in to them. Federal judges don't stand for election. Thus, they have no basis for claiming that their preferences reflect those of the people. This separation of duty from political preference is what makes the judiciary distinct among the three branches of government. Smoking! <laughs> yes, he's smoking hot, Supreme Court Justice. You know, there really is a lot to celebrate here for the moments we get to celebrate it before the left uh, destroys our country. James uh, Toronto, who is uh, the brilliant editor of the editorial page on, in the, not the editorial page, the opinion page of the Wall Street Journal. He is put together the greatest opinion page in the country and in one of the greatest opinion pages I've ever seen in the country. He wrote a really important piece today, and I think this is really worth thinking about because I, I didn't think about it. I, I, it's actually is an idea that I didn't have, and it came just by reading this. He talks about the fact that Chief Justice Roberts so often votes on the left. And a lot of people think that he is doing this because of the threats he's getting from the left, that they'll pack the court if they don't get the decisions that they want. Toronto says a a charitable observer would say that Chief Justice Roberts is concerned about the court's legitimacy and independence, that he wishes above all to avoid the perception that it responds to political pressure. An uncharitable one would say that in pursuit of that objective, he is creating not only the appearance, but the reality of a political court. Either way, with a Republican-appointed majority of associate justices, the chief justice has lost his tie-breaking power. Now, the reason this is important, says Toronto, is this is where Justice Thomas comes in. The chief justice is an especially potent swing voter because he also has the power to assign authorship of the majority opinion, right? So, including he can assign it to himself, and that helps shape the decision's scope and direction. So in other words, the guy who writes the majority opinion is writing the law, is writing the precedent, and he can decide whether a law has been swept off the books. He can decide whether it's just being negated in certain places. And and this is important. Some people have even argued that Roberts votes when he thinks the left is going to win. He votes on that side so he can write the opinion and mitigate it. But the fact is that to me, he just looks like he's lost his nerve. He's lost his nerve. He's being threatened by the left and he basically caves into them. But here's the important point that Toronto makes. If the chief justice is in dissent, the power to assign who writes the decision 
falls to the most senior associate justice in the majority, right? So if the, if the conservatives win by a 5-4 margin and John Roberts is on the other side, he's on the liberal side, then the next most senior justice gets to assign who writes the, the opinion. The next justice is Clarence Thomas. And Clarence Thomas is a, a big man. He is a big mind, and he is a man who thinks in big terms. He's the guy who has been bold enough uh, to say that we should get rid of old precedents. He's mentioned specifically that he thinks Roe v. Wade was wrongly decided. So he would be writing, if, if Roberts continues to be bullied over to the left, he would be handing the right to write the decisions over to Justice Thomas, because now we have this new justice on the court. You know, a lot of this, I know we're talking about appointing a woman to the court, which is fine and wonderful, but really what we're watching is a Republican Party that has found its manhood and has found it because of Donald Trump. Donald Trump has proved to them that you can win by standing up to the press. They didn't know it before. They didn't do it before. They basically were just kind of mitigating the slow destruction of, of the government, of our freedoms uh, by leftism. They were just saying, well, we'll do it uh, slower than you're doing it. With Donald Trump, they have learned there is an audience. Not only is there an audience for actual conservative governance, but if you govern conservatively, that audience will grow. A majority of people, a majority of people wanted to see Amy Coney Barrett confirmed. Why? Because they saw her with their own eyes on television during the uh, confirmation process. And when they hear our ideas, when they think like, oh yeah, making uh, judge making decisions according to the law, not according to what Ilhan Omar thinks would be a good idea, or Ed Markey thinks would be a good idea for cultural change, but making it according to the law, that's a good thing because that means that I can vote in people to change the law if I want. I can vote for amendments to the Constitution. I can change the Constitution. There are a lot of hilarious people on Twitter saying, well, if you're so much for originalism, how are you ever going to change the Constitution? But the original Constitution comes with instructions, an instruction booklet called the Constitution on how to change the Constitution. In other words, interpreting the law according to the law gives power to the people. And that is what we're arguing about. What you're arguing about is where does the sovereignty in American government lie? We're saying that, no, it belongs with the people. It doesn't belong with the people if you don't enforce the law that the people's representatives have passed. It doesn't belong with the people if you just say, oh, you know, you have a right to an abortion. I can't find it here, but I, I, I feel it. I feel it's here. I feel a right to gay marriage is in the Constitution. Like, like Annan Scalia said, I don't care whether gay people get married or not. What I do care about is how that law gets made, because that's what gives me my power. You know, you hear people on the elite saying people don't really have to have power. They just have to feel like they have power. Well, I have an answer for that, but I can't say it on the air. People have to have power in order for this to be, still be America. And that's what we're fighting over. That's entirely what we're fighting over. The originalism, the whining and the complaining, oh, originalism is going to take away our right to gay marriage is because they didn't get gay marriage the right way. It's not about whether gay marriage is right or wrong. It's how you get it. You don't impose it by five justices, by five lawyers who happen to have been appointed to the Supreme Court. You've got to do it by the representative of the people. That's the way it works. I got to play. I have to play this because I, I would play. I would have played this just all day. I would have had my entire show be this one clip because Biden at his event, he was scared. He was actually scared out of the basement by Donald Trump saying he's locked in the basement. And they asked him about the Supreme Court and they've got the cameras on him. 
you, you've got to see this while he's talking, while he's talking, his people come and take the cameras away. And you can see why this is Biden talking about whether to, to pack the Supreme Court. Uh, cut seven. Here's the deal. One of the things that that, that is important is that um, keep in mind, although they're going to vote on uh, uh, Barrett, I think today. Biden just goes wandering off and they lead the cameras away from him. Uh, we're done here now. And <laughs> you know, remember that thing is it is in Lord of the Rings. Somebody says not all who wander are lost. But Biden is both wandering and lost. I'm just these are just some of my top clips for the day. Here's uh, Biden talking about uh, Kamala Harris's husband. Cut six. But my wife, Jill, as you know, and Doug Emhoff, uh, Kamala's wife are there. Kamala will be back uh, <laughs> later this week, I think on Friday. Kamala's wife is there. Yesterday, we played that clip of, of uh, Biden saying that if he didn't win, we'd have four more years of George. Remember, this is cut uh, 28. We played again. Because who I'm running against, this is the most consequential election uh, in, a, in a long, long, long time. And the character of the country, in my view, is literally on the ballot. What kind of country we're going to be? Mm-hmm. Four more years of George. Uh, George, uh, he uh, is going to find ourselves in a position where if uh, Trump gets elected, uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be in a different world. So he, he did. He came back and he found the Trump. But The Washington Post actually published a correction because it did seem that he was confusing Trump with George W. Bush. But he was talking to George Lopez. So they said, oh, no, he didn't confuse Trump with George W. Bush. He confused them with George Lopez. He was really saying we'd have four more years of George Lopez. That was somehow supposed to be bad. I mean, this is this routine, this uh, defensive line. The press is running to defend their guy so they can get him over the uh, goal line. I made the joke that he was referring to George Michael of Wham, but but apparently I thought they were, I thought actually the Washington Post was funnier. Finally, I just just one one more thing I've got to read here is the reaction to um, the reaction to the nominate to the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett coming from uh, Michael Moore, the filmmaker. Michael Moore wrote a poem uh, about the confirmation process. I want to give it a dramatic reading, okay? Here's Michael Moore's poem about Amy Coney Barrett, first smoking hot Supreme Court Justice of the United States. Uh, Yeah, here it is. Whack the court. Pack it. Stack it. Frack it. Smack it. Shellack it. Clack it. Knick-knack and paddy-whack it. Crack it open, shack it up, rack it. Yes, it's a racket. Black it, brown it, green it, blue it, expand it, term limit it, fix it. Now. <laughs> so that's Michael Moore's poem. Oh, <laughs> and here's uh, Anthony Hopkins holding up a crucifix to Michael Moore. <laughs> there it is. All right. I'm sorry. This show, this show has obviously gotten out of control. I think the only thing we can do is end this show by playing what I hope won't be for the last time. I hope it'll be the first of many more times to come. But if it is the last time, 
This is the day that we were given. Let us rejoice in it and be glad. Here is one more time the Donald Trump happiness montage. We're going to win so much. We're going to win at every level. We're going to win economically. We're going to win with the economy. We're going to win with military. We're going to win with health care and for our veterans. We're going to win with every single facet. My, oh my, what a wonderful day. We're going to win so much, you may even get tired of winning. You'll say, please, please, it's too much winning. We can't take it anymore. I feel pretty, oh so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and gay. We have to keep winning. We have to win more. We're going to win more. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review and also tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knowles Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Clavin Show is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Assistant director, Pavel Wadowski. Edited by Adam Saivitz and Danny D'Amico. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, or head and makeup, is by Nika Geneva. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Claven Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show... It's not just another show about about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith. Those are fundamental and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen. Listen.